We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The fantasy playoffs are over in most leagues, but there are some people with skin in the game still, and there's a lot of NFL teams with skin in the game. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more going on in our fantasy industry as well with our good friend Bob Harris. Coming up next on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with the great Bob Harris uh, from Football Diehards and soon to be Football Guys. Uh, Bob, thank you for so much for spending some time with us. Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me on. I always love coming on with you. It's great. I, I love listening to you. You know, our shows some, it, on certain days like kind of dovetailing each other. So I get to sit there at the uh, dial in about a half hour early and listen to the show. I always love hearing you, man. Exactly. We, uh, you know, on those Monday and Thursday nights, it's uh, we get to do the first half of the game. You get the second half yep. and the calls afterward and that first look at the next week. So, uh, but this week. We might actually have a bigger audience. So no Thursday night game. We'll see. Dare yeah. to dream. But uh, we'll, we'll see about that. Off the top. Right. Unfortunately, we have some negative news about a good friend of ours, Emil Cadlick. Um, you posted uh, just the other day about this uh, on Twitter. Uh, you know, he's dealing with some health issues. Why don't you elaborate? Yeah, it's, you know, uh, Emil Cadlick has been the publisher and uh, and the head guy at fantasy, president at Fantasy Sports Publication uh, since 1990. They, he started that company and started publishing the Pro Forecast, Fantasy Football Pro Forecast magazine in 90, has published it continuously for 34 years since. This year was our 34th. It will be last with him at the helm. Maybe someone will pick it up and keep it going. But Emil was uh, diagnosed with cancer as the season began, pancreatic cancer. He's been undergoing chemo all season long being really aggressive he is determined to fight this out and uh i was uh super impressed uh, that he made it through the full season uh but now he is stepping down and and moving on so uh you know emil has has been a big part of the fantasy industry as i right. said you know the start of 1990 some of the things that he brought about uh in addition to the magazines which we started out with the one the pro forecast eventually worked up to four titles with over a million on the newsstands uh, huge distribution. Uh, but he also started the uh, the high stakes industry, basically the World Championship right. of Fantasy Football in 2004. Uh, he started with Lenny Papano. They grew that into a huge thing. And you saw that turn into an industry unto itself. He, uh, he and I, and uh, along with a couple other guys, started the Fantasy Sports Writing Association in 2004. 
you know, just kind of the goal was to, you know, highlight creators and give people a chance to earn some awards and some some visibility. And uh, and so we got that. And he was in he was inducted in the Hall of Fame of that in 2011, by the way. He's also in the Fantasy Sports Trade and Gaming Association Hall of Fame yep. as well. He should be. Um, along the way, he did some crazy stuff. Like, you know, everyone plays best ball and, you know, it came from somewhere. Oh, I know where it came from. It was 1998. We were all in the league called the Fanex, Fantasy Experts League. And everyone wanted to, you know, show off their skills, but nobody wanted to manage the teams. We were already in enough. So uh, he, we call it a draft master format then, but it was basically best that. ball, yep. right? And that's where that came about. So he's had a hand in many things. And one of the things I think that has really been important that he's done is really focus on the history of what we do, the, the hobby that we play. And he and I wrote an article. He did immense amounts of legwork, but about the founding of fantasy football, the original fantasy football league, the Goppel league the greater oakland pigskins prognosticators league mm-hmm. uh you know back in 1961 uh they started out kind of hatched the idea it was all people affiliated with the oakland raiders whether they were in parts of ownership or journalists who covered it and uh bill winkenbaugh uh was the guy who started it all wink and uh email tracked all these people down tracked down all the documents i have the original we had the original draft you know handwritten draft that's amazing uh, from that draft and interviewed all the people who are all the still living participants in that draft and and one of them like was a uh, you know people like uh ron wolf who went on to be a pretty good uh general manager scotty sterling a guy who went on into basketball but there were a lot of guys involved in that and it was just and emo felt it was super important and he ended up getting Wink in into the FSTA Hall of Fame, right? I mean, it was just he's always been driven about the history of things, and that's kind of been his uh, his deal. So, uh, so I hope you know, I hope people remember him and kind of look at some of the things and check him out. We have a GoFundMe; it's uh, tied up the top. I pinned it to the top of my uh, X profile, Twitter profile uh, at Football Diehard. So go check that out if you get a chance, and if you feel like it, uh, you know, uh, give a donation. If you don't have the money to donate no worries share the thing or just send him an email he is loving hearing from people email.cadlick at gmail.com that's also uh on my twitter profile right now so go ahead and check that out and he would love to hear from you but some of the things you know jeff i think that you know the, the number of people in this industry who you know got kind of a little visibility from the start of it so getting in the magazines back in the 90s and stuff the list is long and uh, and and it just like I think that's one of the things that I'm proudest of in my association with him is the number of people we were able to give platforms to right over the course. Right. Of the exactly. Whether through the magazines, the website, the radio show subsequently. Uh, it's been like to me, this is like as I move on, like you know, we were talking before, we're both going to work for another 30 years and and we're very <laughs> old already. Or at least right. I am. Uh, but I mean, that's the kind of where I'm at in my career is the the opportunity to raise the level and and share my platform with others has been phenomenal. Well, that was instilled in me by Emil and he started instilling it from the day I started working with him for, you know, it's so easy to be proprietary, right. And keep something within your own circle. We're going to have our own staff involved and, and nobody else. We brought in everybody, all the big names into the master's forecast and the pro forecast. I mean, just never hesitated to, to, to have a diversity of ideas, opinions, and people, uh, uh, come in and, and share their ideas with us. So uh, that's something that I'll take with me going forward and something I'll work to do uh, throughout the rest of my career. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned the history aspect too, because as big as fantasy football is, it's outpaced fantasy baseball. I feel like fantasy baseball has a better grasp of its history. Uh, yes, for sure. Uh, I, I think perhaps it's because it was started by a bunch of writers uh, and there is a book, you know, a number of books, but like Ron Chandler has done a number of things yep. to write about the history of the, Larry Schechter is writing a history of it as well. I've right been talking now. to him, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, I have as well. And he, you know, great player, good guy. And uh, looking forward to seeing that uh, just, you know, going back to the days of like baseball weekly and John hunt promoting the game and all that. We, we for remember sure. our, our, our predecessors and we remember those who, who, you know, created some space for us. And uh, I'm glad to see it's doing that way in football too. Yeah, if you go to uh evil started site called Fantasy Nation, fantasynation.com, where he mm -hmm. has interviews with, I think of, it's about 30 people now. People who started out in the industry, people that you've long forgotten were in the industry. He did like long form video interviews with them. Uh, so go check that out at fantasynation.com. You'll, you'll see some interesting people, some familiar names, some unfamiliar names that played huge roles in yeah. the, the early portion of the, uh, the fantasy uh, sports industry and some people you may have forgotten and, uh, and some, some newcomers who kind of were pioneers in their own right. Like, you know, some women in the, who played in the game or who have raised right. their level. And, uh, and that's something that's always been important to us too. I think we're the first major magazine have female experts, uh, you know, because why they were kicking ass in, in high stakes games, right? <laughs> right. Kimber Schleicher and, uh, Jules McLean brought them in and they were contributors, regular contributors to the magazine. So, uh, so just always been like something that's been really important to him, uh, is the history. And I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that I got a dose of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's talk a little bit about week 18, but first yeah. real quick, uh, before we start into week 18, quick note from one of our sponsors, smash up. Are you one of the many sports fans who are not ready for the fantasy season to end? Then you have to play smash up fantasy sports, the fastest growing free game and smash up your traditional fantasy team gets supercharged by smash cards which are like video game power-ups that you pick to boost the scores of your players or even your entire team. Think your kicker is going to go off like uh, Harrison Butker did last week? Then choose a card like Big Kick Energy to power them up. Are you starting Justin Fields? Then play Scramble Spikes to score more from his running. Paired with cool video game-like visuals, Smash Up is the biggest innovation in fantasy sports in a very long time and really feels like it was designed for sports fans. And here's the best part. You can play for free and win fantastic prizes. No credit card needed, no hidden fees. All users receive three entries per week, but with our code ROTOWIRE, you'll unlock a fourth entry every week through the Super Bowl. And if you use our promo code or join the group ROTOWIRE from your profile, you can play against us in our private tournament for a chance to win a free ROTOWIRE fantasy football subscription. Enter now at smashupsports.com and join the future of fantasy sports. So, welcome back to the ROTOWIRE fantasy football podcast. My guest is Bob Harris. Uh, Bob, you, uh, you and I have uh, played this game long enough to remember when the last week of the season was the fantasy Super Bowl. Uh, right. There are still some leagues that still do that out there. Not that many anymore. I but hope we've all learned. I hope so. But <laughs> we have it though. I know. I remember an Arian Foster last week of the season carrying me to the title. I remember that happening in my original home league. I think that was, I was like the, the Denver Broncos back when the Broncos were known for losing Super Bowls. I was the Denver Broncos of our home league, and Arian <laughs> Foster broke that uh, that curse. I guess for the Buffalo Bills now still. Yeah, I think uh, every year there, you know, we can think of running backs who won us titles or lost uh, or beat us out for title games uh, because it's, I mean, and it's kind of become the norm. I just won a title this past week with just thanks to Justice Hill, right? So, yep. you know, it, running backs are the position, the magical position. But, but the week, you know, now that we have the 18 weeks of the season, 17 games, it's kind of changed the dynamic a little bit. I think people are are 
like a little more in tune with ending it and not playing week 18, maybe because, you know, just the added game has changed and people already had their league set up for the certain number, but it works out a little better if you, if everybody's playing, it turns out. Yep. Uh, see uh, Lylan in the chat saying uh friend created the league using ESPN's default setting. So he's got skin <laughs> in the game this week. I oh, mean, that no. happens. I do have one league where we have a total points bet, right? Um, and it's based, uh, we have a steak dinner after the season, like eight of us get together and the, the win- losers buy for the winners, but we run through week 18 on that one. So, oh, and I've gone from eater to buyer <laughs> in the, in week 18 before. So I, I do feel like, you know, they're like, I, I do put, I love playing DFS, you know, once the regular season's over for me, I, I jump into DFS and I do think there's a lot more opportunities. I'm a tournament player. I'm not like a, you know, a, a bankroll building cash mm-hmm. game player. There's plenty of people who do that really well. I love playing tournaments and there's nothing better than sitting down to a slate of games with a handful of lottery ticket lineups in your hand and yep. watch how it plays out. And week 18 really opens up the possibilities there. Uh, to some outlier players and some different lineup builds that maybe you can set yourself apart. Uh, but also for the people in the season long, you're going to have to, you have to work around. I think the, the, the part for me, Jeff, is you've put so much effort. We start like you and I will be starting right. I'll probably already are plotting for next year. And, you know, we put effort into our, you know, research into plotting out our strategies and everything and to have it, you know, it, there's enough, there is enough difficulty and enough, uh, you know, variance throughout the course of a regular season uh, to, to deal you blows. And then you add that extra layer of variance and volatility uh, with week 18, man, you're taking your chances. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, stay on top of the news. We already saw um, Carson Wentz is going to start yep. for the Rams. That just came, dropped about a little bit yep. ago. So that's another team we can put on our bench wrists uh, there uh, this week. And there there's, I think there's I like six of them, maybe even seven, uh, if you count the Bengals. I, although I saw T. Higgins and Jamar Chase practicing, at least present at practice today. We'll see what, what level of activity I, on. That. I heard I heard Zach Taylor saying they're you know they they have every intention to win, but then he throws in the caveat. However, that happens, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, so you've got to watch out for that because playing to win is different than playing all your starters, and you know there it's a it's a fine line. Uh, But it is a line and you have to watch it. And I think the Bengals are on that. They have nothing to gain uh, with a win other than I think they're closing and they want to have a winning record probably. I mean, you're a big fan. So you'd like to see that as well. And I think they'd like to see that if it works out that way. But maybe they catch a break because Cleveland will be playing probably nobody. They're going to not be playing Joe Flacco. So I'm guessing Amari Cooper and others will probably ride the fine as well. Absolutely. And I think with the Browns too, they're, they're, diving deep into who who's starting for them too already uh so it's it's going to be a real challenge that's for sure um let's start off uh, uh you know let's let's just we can talk about these teams here that are doing that there um yeah you know david Njoku sitting out with an illness Ooh, you know it's like all these these guys jeff driscoll that's it that's who it is yeah jeff driscoll is getting the start yeah uh, yeah, this yeah. Week. uh one other thing about the Bengals. um they they are zero five in division this year they right. do not want they to want go a division win. Division. Um, I, that is a motivator, but they're facing Jeff Driscoll, so maybe there's a chance. I think Driscoll had a, a cup of coffee with them too at one point in time, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I think um, everyone has. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. There, there was a phase where they they rolled through a bunch of different. They did uh, before the pre-Burrow <laughs> era, and then the, the when Burrow got hurt, Driscoll was there. I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, motivation, revenge, Jeff Driscoll revenge game narrative. There that's we what go. We're all here for it. Yes. What do you think about the Ravens? Uh, I I know they've lost after having the bye. 
uh, before. They lost to the Titans that one year, and there was some talk about them being off their game and rusty. I don't know how how big that is, but I can't imagine them exposing Lamar to too much. I, I don't think they'll expose him to anything. We'll see. I mean, I'm expecting Tyler Huntley. Uh, Odell Beckham has some incentives that he might like to reach. I think or, I think that might be reachable. Um, I wouldn't overdo that, though. I, but but I, I, I do think Huntley might be a decent play in this game. Right, yeah. like he's. I think he'll get the full run. Uh, they have no, Harbaugh has been pretty, pretty dicey about it. You know, you know, yes. very, very cagey about his his framing of it. But, but my sense is we won't see uh, any Lamar if much if we see any at all. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. I think the same is true with the Niners. We already know McCaffrey's not going to play. Uh, they're going to nurse that injury, but I, I would think. Hey, they've clinched the number one seed. That's their right to rest everybody. And now that we see that the Rams are resting starters, I mean, even more incentive for the Niners to rest theirs. Right. I, and, and Kyle Shanahan had a pretty robust discussion about that this week. You know, the fine line, like you only have so many players, right? You can't sit yeah, everyone. That's right. Uh, but he did talk about it a little bit and and you can sit the most important ones. I think we'll see a, a full dose of Sam Darnold. It'll probably be another really solid play given the Rams approach. Cause the, the Rams kind of did this last year too. They were in a similar spot last year. And mm -hmm. so now that we know the offensive players in Matthew Stafford sitting down, uh, I think I would expect that across the board to the degree possible. But again, you can't sit everybody. There are going to be starters playing. So if you think the defense is just going to totally lay down, now there are going to be 11 guys out there, and a lot of them are going to be regular starters. Yeah, we don't have 90 guys on scholarship. Right. That's, that's, a, <laughs> right. that's definitely a, an issue there for sure. Uh, we Chiefs, I've already mentioned they're going to bench Mahomes this right. week and other starters. Almost certainly Kelsey's going to be one of those. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just keep they that. They did that last year as well. This, yeah. this, is, this is not new for them. Yep. And then the Lions are the the other team that I'm kind of watching a little bit too. I think the line reflects the the, the threat of them sitting some guys at least for a half a game. I They're only so a too. three point favorite over Minnesota. Yeah, I think so too. And I I don't know Dan Campbell's talking a mean game and and still looking to bite kneecaps and whatnot. Uh <laughs> no, we I don't know if we want to go into last week, but boy, what a you know, for whatever you thought about the call, and I mean there's a lot of I mean, they were maybe they were they were pushing the envelope a little bit with everybody reporting that whole kind of thing. Uh, but beyond that, once you miss that, kick it. Don't cut your nose off to spite your face. Play for right. the tie. You know, two times. I mean, so he has no one to blame for himself. But but I do think that that there's probably a little bit of language in there that I've heard that makes me makes me believe that they aren't going to like have the pedal to the metal the whole time, even if Dan Campbell would like to think they do. Right. And I even heard that he didn't want to. He he went for two because he didn't want to play another period. Which would su suggest that we don't want to have them play extra periods this week either. Um, so uh, I wouldn't be see, I, I, but you know, yeah, we'll see about that. I, I I feel like this is like a play for a quarter, play hard for a quarter, and then rest your guys, or maybe I think half. exactly. I think that's exactly what I feel like. Yeah. yeah, and that doesn't mean like you know we always talk about it too, like in games where this it seems like a really lopsided uh, thing. You know, I can't play any guys. Well, because uh, the game script might ruin them. Well, you know, if they're gonna get up by some points, they're probably going to, you know, need some play. So, so, you know, somebody's going to have to do that scoring for them to get up before they pull the guys. So, for sure. you know, there's, it's not like if you're in some kind of season long league and you don't have a viable pivot at quarterback or something that you couldn't play golf and hope for the best. Yeah. Or Monroe St. Brown for that yes. matter. And that that's good luck finding a pivot this week on that. Uh, we, we'll endeavor to find some of those pivots, but uh, you know, we'll see. It's going to be tough. Um, I just remember two years ago that the Packers were in a similar situation on the road and Bakhtiari got hurt. Right. Um, and that's the thing you want to avoid. I mean, that, that there is a real risk. <clears> of that. 
Yeah, I think I think there are teams that we're going to want to mind this week, like looking for some of the ancillary players that we wouldn't normally play. Uh, none of those will be on Detroit. Yeah, for I me, agree. <laughs> I don't have a good faith. <laughs> I think there's enough on some other teams that are going to be playing all out. Absolutely. By the way, I'm seeing a bunch of questions in the chat room. We're going to hit those at the very end of this to keep them coming. We love seeing them there. Uh, before we hit quarterbacks, another quick uh, sponsorship note. Get ready for the ultimate big game parties at Circa Resort and Casino. Super Sunday is in Las Vegas this year. Watch the big game poolside at Stadium Swim's big game viewing party. Massive screen, booming game sound, and a view of the pyrotechnic and visual effects throughout the game. Snag the best seat in the sun with daybeds, poolside boxes, cabanas, and more. Or touchdown at the world's largest sports book. Circus Sports for the Big Game Bash. Three stories of football glory featuring a 78 million pixel screen. Book your seat with a variety of options, including bottle service, open bar, stadium-style food, and more. Don't miss these legendary viewing experiences on February 11th. The Big Game parties only at Circa Resort and Casino. Reserve today at CircaLasVegas.com. Uh, we love Circa. We've been spent the last two summers there uh, as part of the Rotowire Annual Conference. We love that sport. Nice. There. It's a great, great place. Nice. It, it does look fantastic. I've not been there. I'm, I think I'm going to go to Vegas in a week, so I'm going to have to visit it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm just seeing Nick Mullins is going to going to get the nod for Minnesota, who has, you know, they need to win. Absolutely. And which, you know, that raises the question. Why the heck didn't he start last week? Um, <laughs> or why did you wait so long to put him in, said everyone who has Justin Jefferson on a championship roster? Right, right. And just, it's only your playoff hopes on the line here. What could, I mean, Jaron Hall looks so overmatched in that game. So overmatched. I, like he didn't even belong on the field. I felt right. horrible for him. His family's all there. Everything, you know, big <laughs> to do before the game. And uh, it went like this. And I do think like when we look back on this season, you're going to look at some moments like that decision, you know, uh, Campbell's decision. I think, you know, there's going to have to be some serious, like no one's going to lose their job, but someone should get a stern talking to, I believe. Right. Right. <laughs> like hey okay mr analytics okay mr tough guy let's think this through a little bit next time exactly exactly for campbell i don't think it's analytics i think he hates kickers i i think Maybe. he i and i just think he, he he's it's, the it's jake Seeley of the jake Seeley of the nfl yes exactly <laughs> who hates kickers more let's let's debate uh <laughs> i mean they, remember they spent remember they went like his first year they cut both the kickers in camp yep. Uh, and just said, well, we're just gonna have an open trial. They you know, kickers are fungible. That that's his mindset there. Um, and you know maybe like Sean McVay. Awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the Rams went back to uh, Maher. Mar yep, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, it's just it's just wild to see that certain teams just don't trust their kicker at all. Right. Burn a um, fourth round pick on a guy. And <laughs> exactly. Let you go. Exactly. Let's talk about some of the players that are playing this week, uh, because I, I think there's uh, some interesting ones here. Um, I I don't know what to make out of uh, a, a couple of different players here. Uh, notably, uh, a quarterback. Uh, you mentioned Mullins. I think against Detroit, that's probably going to be a pretty good start. Really, but good I want to talk a little Tua and uh, Tua going against the Bills. Rested late in that loss to the Ravens. He was dealing with the shoulder coming in. His offensive line's a shambles. He may not have Jalen Waddle. There's a lot of arguments against him this week. He hasn't right. even been that good for the last four or five weeks, fantasy-wise, right. anyhow. What are you doing right. with him this week? Uh, I'm probably looking for other options. They Probably you have them. I mean, if you drafted to a, you know, early double-digit rounds or right close to that, he was probably one of those situations. I know for me, when I'm drafting players in that round, I'll often draft two in the same range and, you know, feel like I can play either one of them. And there was a period early in the season where two was lighting it up. That period is over. Uh, yeah. And he has not been lighting it up. And you would think uh, somebody who plays with Tyree Kill, that tugboat is going to drag the 
the ship of productivity along. It has not to the degree that you would hope for. So, and look, they're, they do a lot of scoring on the ground, right? So that's that's part of it as well. We'll see what happens with Raheem Mostert this week. But either way, they've still got plenty of depth at the running back position. I think you can run against the Bills as well. So I'm probably going to dial back on two a little bit. I mean, he's he's a startable commodity. I want to say mm-hmm. where I, I, I want to look at my rankings real quick. I, like, I have him like top 10, but just barely. I have him nine also. Yeah, so I'm right we have both have nine. <laughs> yeah. It's like Tua or Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah. I think Baker there. Mayfield's in there as well. Like that, yep. there's a tier in there that I think is uh, the same group of guys. Exactly. I've got, I go Tua, Lawrence, Gino, Mayfield in that order. I got Nick Mullins at 13. Uh, I don't <clears> know. <throat> I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough call. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I'm kind of in that same range. I'm going to uh, Mayfield. Uh, I have Derek Carr right there. I think it's a kind of a tougher matchup, but he does have yeah. something to play for. So you got to like that. Minshew's in the mix there. Tyrod Taylor is one maybe easily overlooked too. Yeah. I mean, he had that long scramble at the end. It reminds you of what he's capable of. Um, and then just some terrific playing calling in the last 45 <laughs> seconds of that game. <laughs> Doesn't matter for the Giants. In fact, they probably better off losing close, but still, I mean, just it was just Brian Dable gets them stern talking to as well. Yes. And <laughs> Pete Carroll at the end of that Seattle Rams game. Same thing. Mike McCarthy, too. Let's like yes. make the whole list, people. Yes. Ugh. Oh, clock management skills for a thousand, Alex. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really bad stuff. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Mason Rudolph. Okay. Playing 30, well. Three points the last two weeks. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not. I'm not against this. I mean, there's you know nothing really uh, uh, too exciting here except playoff bursts on the line, right? So, mm-hmm. so I do like this, uh, and against a Baltimore defense that's probably going to not be you know all into it. I will see if some of the pieces, definitely the injured guys, aren't going to play, right? You won't see Kyle right. Hamilton. You won't see Kyle yeah. Hamilton, right? And I mean, yeah. probably a few others. So, so I am kind of thinking Mason Rudolph might be a decent play this week. Yeah, I think it's pretty telling that Kenny Pickett's probably healthy enough to play, and they're like, "No, we're going to stick with yeah, Rudolph well, here." All the drama last week uh, that he, you know, that he didn't want to be the backup. What was that? They took him to Seattle, and he didn't want to be the backup. He's denying that, but it seems odd that you would take somebody all the way to Seattle and assume he's going to be the number two, and then he's not. Hmm. Yeah, pretty odd stuff there. Um, going to be an interesting offseason in Pittsburgh. I'll be, you know, yeah, yet another team that's probably looking to improve at that position. Russell Wilson. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> Russell Wilson to Atlanta. Russell Wilson to Pittsburgh. Russell Wilson here and there and everywhere. I think Russell Wilson to Atlanta makes sense until uh, they get Justin Fields. Oh, don't do that to poor Justin Fields, though. I mean, I, I don't that, wish yeah. that upon him unless they get rid of Arthur Smith. Then, then okay, right. then we'll talk. And they're not. Yeah, exactly. So don't do that to poor Justin Fields, but it's probably that. Probably and us. More importantly, don't do it to us. Right? <laughs> Take something beautiful and ruin it there. Ugh, gross. Uh, we are on the Blue Wire Network here. And as always, we like being on the Blue Wire Network. So here are some ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you for your patience with our ads. Thanks to the Blue Wire Network. Great studio, by the way, in the wind. If you ever get a chance to check that out, if you ever do a show from there, really good staff, really cool studio that they have there. It's, it's pretty cool. Uh, let's talk running backs because this is, like you said, Justice Hill won leagues last week. We can find some others this week. You know, it's part of the scramble. Uh, are you big on Zamir White this week? Yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, part of the thing with Zamir White is, you know, not that the Raiders have anything to play for, but Antonio Pierce does. Yes, he <laughs> does. Pierce wants that damn job. And yep. Antonio Pierce has figured out defense and running the ball or his ticket uh, to keeping that job. And I think we'll see more of the same. I thought, you know, I felt like last week and maybe feel the same on the radio. I'm on my live streams. Every question was Zamir White or somebody. Yeah. Right. And, and I mean, I felt like he was a nail and I'm a hammer. I'm like nailing that thing every time. I'll probably be the same this week. Yeah. The thing about the, you know, especially, and it's maybe more important this week than ever, but you know, I think going into drafts next year, the thing I'm going to be chasing is certain volume. So much volatility in the NFL in terms of outcomes and the way games play out that in unexpected ways, uh, there seems to be one thing you can rely on. And it's a narrow band of players that give it to you is certain weekly volume. You do not get fantasy points without a ball in somebody's hands. And Zamir yep. White, I think this week has that certain volume. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with it. Yeah. Uh, looking to see the price. It's no longer quite free square level no. on DraftKings. It's no. 6000 now. No, so, they've got on finally. Yes. That's a little while. Yeah. Uh, is Jacobs done? Is this just like they're done? I feel, I feel like it. I mean, you know, and that's, look, that's something to watch, right? I mean, it's, I suppose it's possible he can come back. I don't know that they're going to push him in. And, you know, he's got a future to think of. I don't know if he wants to get pushed in. So uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I, I'm counting on it. I'm, I'm expecting it to be white. So watch that, people. Be mindful of it. If there is a hint of Josh Jacobs around, uh, then dial back. Yeah. Um, you might be able to find at the running back position players who are not starters that could be great. Like Eli Mitchell maybe might be a decent start this week. Or maybe they go all the way down to Jordan Mason. We'll see. So uh, I, 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 know, I think it was uh, maybe Matt Barrows from The Athletic uh, who said that he expects it to be uh, Jordan Mason that, I could see you know, that that Mitchell's still a little beat up and that he probably will be the piece that they lean on more heavily. Yeah, I, I could see that. And the thing is, I, I remember Willie Parker, a third stringer, Willie Parker going off on the <laughs> need to win Buffalo bills when, it, you know, when the Steelers already clinched and that was our introduction of fast Willie Parker. Uh, yes. Um, so running backs in particular, you want to find the guys that are going to get that volume, even on the teams that, you know, like you said, they don't have 90 players. They have 55, <clears throat> you know, they, ha you know, you got to have some good players still playing in these games. There is a, and it was, by the way, Matt Barrows from the athletic who said that, and by the way, yeah. there is a universe in where Melvin Gordon might become relevant again this week. Oh my goodness. He scored last week. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Um, good for him. Um, he, he, he's one of the, uh, first to suffer from the, uh, you know, suffer from the valuation of running back. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he, he remember he had that first holdout with the Chargers and didn't get what he wanted. This was a year after Lev Bell, um, and he never got his. Lev Bell never got his either, by the way. Let's let's remember people, you know, you say, well, he'll make it back if he sees No, that money is gone. You're never getting that money. 
right? Yeah. You'll get some other money and you may make a fair amount of it. You're never getting that money when you sit out. You just I agree. I agree. Uh, he, he did get a contract at least, but it, it set the future for others right. to get lesser contracts. And you see like Joe Mason, <clears throat> I mean, Joe Mixon playing on a pay cut this year. Yeah. Uh, you see other backs like that and it's just the way of life in the NFL. It sucks, but it is what it is. Unfortunately, Except Unless you're Miles Sanders then you get everything you want and you, you suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was wild. That was six so million, wild. six million for that. Yeah, indeed. Um, I'm gonna have to down. I think I feel like I need to downgrade Gibbs and definitely Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams, what are you doing with him next year? Um, you're drafting him in the first round. Um, yep. I mean, without fail. I think if he if he slides down outside the top three or four, I'll I'll be all over that. I think you know you're looking early on. You're gonna see McCaffrey, and he should be right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I was looking at what I wrote about him going into last season. <clears throat> I could keep the same damn thing and just tweak the numbers a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> Minor tweaks of the of the average points per game. He's still a player and a half at the position. And, but Kyron Williams was not far behind him. That kind of leverage over the field is valuable and it's volume based in both their cases, right? That's what I'm talking about. The importance of volume. Yeah. Uh, and if the offense is good, better still, or the offense is uh, serviceable enough, better still. But Williams has been just a total workhorse. I don't see a situation like, I think we all thought going into this year that it was going to be cam Akers. We saw the late season run last year. We thought yeah. maybe they would build on that. Obviously didn't work out, but you didn't have to pay for that. I think you're going to have to pay for this this year. Yeah. And I think the difference is, I, I mean, the talents more is, is stronger and it's had a longer stretch. I'm concerned about durability, obviously. Uh, that's one thing I'm going to watch for, yeah. but uh, it, it transformed the Rams offense. I'm old enough to remember when he was like a failed satellite back. Cause that yeah. was last year, right? Coming exactly. into the league. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so that's a, definitely something to watch for Bob. My number one running back this week is James Connor. I never thought I'd be in that saying that this year, but he's on a roll. He gets a Seattle run defense. that just got absolutely gashed last week. And I, I think Arizona, I mean, they're playing hard right now and I don't care that Seattle has something to play for. They can't stop the run. Yeah, they did last week, right? I mean, that's the thing about Arizona. They if they were going to bail, they would have bailed last week. We wouldn't have seen Kyler Murray. I mean, there, there's a lot of lot of reasons for this to back. My number one is Rashad White, uh, because he's playing Carolina. Sure, <laughs> the, you know the 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 team that's been laying down the most for for running back. So, but uh, but Connor is right up there for me as well. Connor's been amazing, right? Like, yeah. he's another one of those guys in the running back so called dead zone. Uh, you were getting in the sixth, seventh round in drafts. That's totally paid off. I know he missed time. It happens. Uh, you know me, Jeff. I'm injury agnostic. I, I don't care if somebody gets hurt. Everybody's going to get hurt. Uh, look at this year. Justin Jefferson yes. will tell you that it could happen to, and it will happen to everybody at some point. So I don't shy away from that. But in Connor's case, I know he has a history of getting beat up this year. He got beat up a little bit. But when he was on the field, and especially down the stretch when it mattered most, I said last week that Justice Hill won me a title. Well, James Connor was on that roster as well. Uh, in that lineup and he also was a big part of that and I'm going against a team with uh, Christian McCaffrey and and some other heavy hitters and and here I am taking him down with Connor Justice Hill I'm I'm in on Connor he's a great player uh, and has a nice enough role I think maybe next year we'll see a little more Michael Carter Uh, you know I think they'll work him into the mix a little bit more this year they haven't had the Mm -hmm. opportunity it's been all Connor and go back to the San Francisco game I mean he was phenomenal in that game phenomenal against the Eagles when people didn't expect him to be Uh, I think this week I'll be playing him as well all right. Very good. Can I interest you in a Jamal Williams this week? You can. Well, right. you know, I'm waiting to see what's up with Alvin Kamara because the Saints right. do uh, need a win here. So if they get Kamara in, uh, I'm sure they will. But I do think we'll also see more Jamal Williams than we've gotten up to this point. 
Yeah, I think so too. I just don't know if we'll see him a whole lot in the uh, the passing game like we see Camaro. I mean, right. no one no one does That's, that. No. no, no one gets thirteen targets with all no. all within three yards of the line of scrimmage. Right. I mean, that's that, I'm fine with it with him though. I mean, that's yes. all like I'm in a PPR rack league, them sure, up, rack them up, sir. <laughs> I can hear Andy Barron's right now turning over in his, uh, <laughs> his radio grade talking about uh, PPR leagues. Uh, I know uh, how much he hates those. Uh, uh, so yeah, but that that would that is that that's something I'm going to be watching for. Any other running backs that you're keeping an eye on that you wouldn't normally this week? Uh, I think there are a few. I, I like. Uh, how about this one, Tony Pollard? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, here's a guy who's kind of fallen out of favor, right? I mean, he was a guy yeah. last week. I was like, I'm looking at my options very carefully. This week, I'm not looking at my options. It's Washington. As horrible as they are at stopping opposing passing attacks, they are equally as bad as stopping opposing running backs. So yeah. he'll be a piece that I think is going to be ranked higher and have way more, way more, uh, you know, way better outcome than he normally would. I think you're looking, uh, you know, I'm into, I think Devon A. Shan this week, this might be a good week for him. Uh, and some of the other usual suspects, I'm looking for outliers that, uh, that I like. I mean, I don't see a lot of outliers here. I got Jonathan Taylor fairly high. I think the expectation, especially against Houston, um, mm-hmm. Singletary should be up there as well. So I think Bijan Robinson this week, if ever, Arthur, I know it's Arthur Smith. It's not Bijan. We love you, sir, but not you. Sir. Yeah. I did start Tyler Algier in a championship game last Good call. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a really pathetic running back room for a championship game, but uh, so it goes. And unfortunately I, I had this loaded wide receiver room, but then I lost uh, Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper last week. So yeah, I, I lost Cooper in one. And I think I had I, in that league, I was without Keenan Allen as well. And I think in the Kings classic mm. uh, auction, I was going up against Curtis Patrick and trying to defend my auction title. Uh, and uh, failed miserably because some of those pieces were missing. It was yeah, rough. yeah, it's tough. This is that the for my league. It's a my old, my original home league, the one that started Rotowire. Um, and you know Peter oh, Shanky's wow. in that, yep. Herbert's in it, uh, a number of other uh, folks that have been there forever. And I, it's a super flex league, three receivers and a flex. And I had all these guys missing. I even lost Joshua Palmer. Oh, uh, you know, it's like come on, I can't even get the backup to the back. You know, do them there. It's just it was brutal. So it goes. And I picked up the wrong guy. I mean, it happens. It happens. I did that. Exactly. Uh, One more uh, ad, uh, then we'll talk wide receivers. Are you ready to revolutionize your sports betting approach? Begin with a two-week free trial at oddsr.com, where cutting-edge AI technology sharpens your edge in the betting game. Benefit from our proven two-year track record, boasting a 60% accuracy rate and an impressive 10% ROI. The odds are AI meticulously sifts through extensive data to reveal high-value, green-value plays guiding you towards smarter betting decisions. And it's not just about the numbers. The odds are app is exceptionally user-friendly crafted to be your go-to betting advisor right at your fingertips. Jumpstart your journey to betting smarter and more successfully. Simply visit the iOS or Google play store, download the odds are app and step into a world of confident betting. Your path to a more strategic betting experience starts with our two week free trial. Download today where smart strategy triumphs over luck. Welcome back to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Bob Harris. Uh, quick reminder: uh, we are doing this to try to help out uh, our friend Emil Cadlick. Uh, you can check out his GoFundMe right here. Uh, I'm posting in the forum right now again, and you can check it on both of our respective Twitter pages as well. Bob, yep. let's talk wide receivers. Okay. What impact do personal milestones have for you? I'm, I'm thinking of Jamar Chase. I'm thinking of Puka Nakua. Both of them are chasing uh, individual milestones while having some incentives not to play this week. Right. Teams like their players to hit these milestones. 
Yes. And like they, you know, they will try to get them out of the way. You'll see a receiver multiply targeted over and over and over again until they get them to that numbers. I, I and I know Tyreek Hill, you're a little too far away, sir. I think I'm gonna dismiss you, but I mean, he would love to hit that record. What's 268? I think. Yeah. Away. I mean, he's hit 200, but uh, he's got other incentives that. too. So right, we're, but we're not right. worried about him playing. But yeah, you <laughs> think in general, and I know that the the perception a lot of times is like, oh, these owners don't want to play these players as incentives. They don't care. They're gonna they're gonna pay anyway. They, and it's really good for the locker room for players to get yes, a little 100%. assistance hitting their hitting their incentives if they're reasonably close. So if they have an opportunity, I think they'll try to do that. Puka's a little beat up though. For for me, he might be a candidate to not get his right, not hit his yeah, milestone. Exactly. Uh, so I'd be a little worried about him. Uh, I'm a little worried about all the rest, but especially the beat up ones. I mean, if somebody has had been dealing with injuries and a guy like Puka, who's winds up questionable for this, that, or the other last week, it was a hip. It's been various things. Mm-hmm. I'd be a little, I'd be a little worried, worried about him. Especially now that they announced that Stafford's not playing. Right. Wentz playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it makes, makes, makes a little bit more sense. Uh, T Higgins probably should sit. Um, I, I, I don't think one Maybe more is going to help his contract, you know, Maybe Chase I, too. Yeah, Chase too. Mm-hmm. Chase wants to get his 100 catches, so he's four, yep. four away from that. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens with that. But it, it's, it's And we always... just got the official here on Sam Darnold, by the way. Okay. Sam just Darnold is official now. Yeah. I, I would bench Debo and Ayuk as well. Uh, you know, I, you know you're going to see, it. like, my update on Thursday, my rankings is just going to take forever. Um, And I had already moved some of these guys down, but, you know, Adding guys in too, like as we're digging into the corners to find some players here, it's going to be kind of tricky. Right. Jawan Jennings didn't play last week. So he's got a concussion. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see what goes on with him. Exactly. Uh, Nico Collins. Let's talk Houston Indy. This is a yeah. game. Let's this get is a fun game. Yeah. Uh, Nico Collins might be the last man standing in Houston. Noah Brown got hurt again last week. Robert Woods got hurt again last week. John Mechie is, you know, just a he's sketchy. Yeah, he is. He, you know, he unfortunately never fully recovered from all from his multiple issues health wise. There, <clears throat> um, yeah, there will be there will be a Xavier Hutchinson share in some of my uh, some yeah. of my tournament lineups for sure. If there, especially if there's no Noah Brown, we'll see. But Nico to me is locked in. I mean, yeah. got to be you've got to have him in your lineup. And CJ Stroud as well. And I think you know, uh, I think the the Texans having something to play for having CJ Stroud back in the mix. Uh, just like Jeff, I, I was talking about this the other day with somebody, uh, you know, as we go into next season, I think there'll be some hard decisions between on draft day between Brock Purdy and CJ Stroud. And yeah. I think you look at the comparisons. Well, what, what, what's the common denominator there? Oh, it's the Shanahan offense. Bobby Sloak comes over from Houston. It's a good supporting cast that will yep. continue to get better. It's all the things that, you know, made Brock Purdy go from, I know, you know, CJ Stroud was by no means Mr. Irre- irrelevant, but it's the same, you know, did we expect CJ Stroud to have this season? No. I don't think we did. Uh, certainly the Carolina Panthers didn't. Uh, and so, uh, so there is a little common thread there. And I think both of them kind of gain from that offense. It's, uh, you know, you, you know, I'm not calling them system quarterbacks or game managers, uh, cause I don't think that's the case, but I think having a great system that you execute properly, which both of them have with a strong supporting cast, it's like the recipe for success for quarterbacks. Makes you wonder what would happen to Bryce Young if he had landed in Houston. Correct. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and it's so funny because both of their first, both young and Stroud, their first preseason game, they were running for their respective lives. Yep. Um, The difference is it changed with Houston. It didn't change with Carolina. Um, And the other difference is Bryce Young doesn't need to be getting hit that much. 
Right. Oh yeah. He, he, some of this is on Bryce young for sure. Um, I agree with you on that. The other difference is he doesn't have receivers getting any sort of separation. Right. Too. Uh, totally. which is a real problem there. Uh, but I, I am really curious to see what it looks like in year two with the, that Houston offense, especially mm. if they don't, you know, Rotowire's depth chart, you see an injured player, you get the red mark, the line right. player and all that. Their offensive line's got like 13 lines, 13 players marked. That's all I mean, year. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, it, it started It started right with the start of the season, right? They had like two or three, three starters down or three-fifths of their line gone uh, at any given week. So I'm super impressed with what C.J. Stroud's done. And and uh, if I had to count on him this week, if I was in any kind of uh, title game, I would be super thrilled. Yeah, and you know, going up against Indy with Uncle Rico and Michael Pittman there, I mean, I, I think that one's going to be a, 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 right. a fun side as well. I think they'll be playing scoring because Houston's defense <clears> – <throat> was good last week against Tennessee, but that's Tennessee. The right. week before, they got absolutely torched by right. Cleveland. <clears throat> and I you know that happening this week. Yeah, for sure. And that cover three that Indy's running is, you know, made for down the middle stuff. And and so I'm, yeah, I'm like, I get carried away with my projection. But we do the same thing with, you know, favorable matchups that we do with unfavorable matchups, which is we inflate them to much greater than they are. And yes, these teams are probably not scoring 100 points. So uh, keep your expectations in check. But this is a game I want to be dealing mining heavily uh, this weekend. Yeah. And uh, you have to play showdown or play the Saturday two game slate. If you want a piece of that action yep. there, but uh, yeah, and I will for that game. I'm really looking forward to that game. A lot yeah. at stake there on that one there. A uh, couple other guys that are interesting to me here uh, at the, this position. Uh, Garrett Wilson, unless I'm less interested for this week, but what are we doing with him next year? Cause I, I think even with Rodgers, there's some real issues at this Jets offense that they have to fix. Offensive line has to be first and foremost, or Aaron yep. Rodgers is going to be irrelevant. Uh, you know, I mean, yep. whatever you think of Zach Wilson or the handful of guys who have tried to fill in, it'll be Trevor Simeon again this week because Wilson is ruled out. Yep. Um, and like whatever my complaints are about Zach Wilson, they're not that he won't throw the ball to Garrett. Because he Correct. does. He knows. He's smart enough to know wh what to do there. And like Aaron Rodgers obviously will be as well. So I, I think I think we'll be I think we'll be dialed back. He'll be one of the players that I'm looking for. I think you probably make the same list I do as soon as the season is end. I'm, I've already started mine of players who disappointed came up short in terms of uh, in, you know, anticipated return on our investment. It's a big deal on Twitter, I'm told. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, but that's the that's the key for me is I want to look for guys that are going to be huge values that are great players, and this is what does it. We we have a tendency, all of us, to remember the last things we saw, and uh, you know that's why we drafted Gabe Davis, you know, a year ago when we drafted him. We saw that huge playoff game, and we overdrafted him. We do this on the regular. So I sit down and I make a list of players who disappointed and I kind of rank them and how they disappointed us. Some of it's season long, right? Like Travis Kelsey season long disappointment for the most part, Patrick Mahomes also, uh, but they're going to be values. I mean, they're going to be cheaper pieces or go much cheaper than we are used to paying them. That doesn't mean you can't draft them. People it means you should draft them at a cheaper price because they're not horrible and there's a chance right. they can improve. So, uh, so I, I'm going to feel the same way about Garrett Wilson. He's going to be on that list as well of guys who, who came up a little shorter than we wanted, certainly didn't return the draft value we invested in them. And there were a lot of reasons for them and not all of them were Garrett Wilson. In fact, almost none of them were. Do you find that our leagues are getting sharper? I do. Oh, um, of course. Yeah. Uh, I, I think like, I, oh yeah, I'll be able to get Garrett Wilson late third. Nope. No, no, you'll be getting him in the second round still. No, yeah. I feel there, there are certain guys that you can like, you can, I feel like you can gain a little leverage on. And I felt like, you know, this summer for me, Jameer Gibbs was one of them, but that was when I was getting with the fourth round before I started talking about how much I would rather draft him 
than B. John Robinson, right, in the first round. And pretty soon I was, you know, because a lot of people I draft with or people who listen to my show, we do a bunch of best balls. Pretty soon he's going to the third round. Yeah. And then pretty soon he was sneaking to the second round. Going, Damn it. I need to shut the hell up about this guy. But there are always going to be players that you can like plant your flag on if you feel comfortable with them and maybe get a good, you know, get a good price on. But for the most part, like just like over the course of time, I've again been doing this a long time. I've been doing this 30 years. Right. You the audience has changed over those 30 years. Right. Like there yeah. used to be a time when the offseason was when I became, an, you know, more expert. Right. Now, everyone's doing the same thing as I am. Right. My job is more filtering the information to help them become experts. So or to maintain their level of expertise, uh, so to speak. So that's that's more the chore now than, be, you know, I, I always thought it was funny, like calling people of a fantasy expert. Like I kind of oh, yeah. consider myself a professional, right? Cause everyone I play against is an expert. I don't play against anyone who isn't. And I look in the chat here and I see Andrea, Andrea Stislowski should try drafting with her. You should try yeah. drafting with her once. I mean, she will crush you. And there's, and, and I feel like that's like our entire audience are, are these people who pay attention. And it's not like, you know, it's not like it used to be when people would take the entire off season off and not pay any attention, come in, show up with a magazine on the day of the draft and, and right. just do their business. No, everyone knows something. And, and so you're not, you're not getting away with anything though. The things we used to talk about sleepers, there are sleepers, there's values now. That's why we've shifted our phraseology and our terminology and how we view players. So, exactly uh, right. so yes, the audience is, has, and, and the people you play with there have gotten a lot tougher. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little Stefan Diggs. Angelo brought him up in the chat room, and I think it's a good topic. Uh, not a good topic. Cost me my championship, but that's yeah. right. I mean, his lack of production has been very pronounced over the last month and a half now, really. And, yeah, nine, since week nine. Yeah, and Angelo suggested it might be because of nine, Josh nine. Allen's shoulder. And I could see it. I think it's also the offensive coordinator switching the emphasis to the running game a lot more. You're <laughs> seeing a lot more designed runs for Allen. Uh, and that, that's nobody's wide receiver friend in the red zone. That's for sure. I think a lot of times we make these multivariable equations, single variable, right? We yes. want to sim yes. boil it down to the simple thing. Like, Oh, there's this, like it Dalton Kincaid, like Dawson Knox came back. Well, also they changed coordinators also, you know, I mean, they're, they're, mm -hmm. you know, nothing is ever a single thing, almost nothing. Maybe a torn ACL is a single thing. Right. But, but I think in most cases, and, and all these things are correct, right? You can be right about all these things and maybe it is Josh Allen, but maybe it's the 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 offensive design. I mean, it's a it's a big right. shift. I think I said since week nine. I think it's been nine games since he's had a hundred yard game. I think it was five of the first six, and then it started diminishing. And I think we're you know I think the fuse is lit. If they don't have a lot of playoff success and doesn't have a big game, uh, there's going to be trouble, people, uh, exactly. in Buffalo. Exactly right. And, jo uh, and Josh Allen, by, by the way, is you know there's a lot of talk about his neck. So it's not like you know Angelo is not wrong. He is not, I don't think, 100% healthy in the shoulder. And, you know, he's taken a couple big hits. Now they're calling it a neck. I'm not sure if that's not the same issue as the shoulder. So, so yeah, you're not wrong either, Angelo. That's just there, there are multiple pieces to this. Indeed. Uh, week 18 chaos really hits tight end pretty hard. Travis Kelsey, maybe he needs to get those 16 yards for a 1,000. George Kittle, probably not going to play. We already had Darnold announce. David Njoku sat out practice today. Cleveland's locked in their position. They're starting Jeff Driscoll. Isaiah likely two touchdowns last week, but he might not. He might be unlikely to week. play much this week. Uh, yeah. Even Tyler Higby, dislocated left shoulder, won't, probably yeah. won't play. Don't think we'll see him. We may not see Sam Laporta, which would be a devastating blow to the position. I mean, it, it is just nasty at this position. We will see Trey McBride, though. 
Yes, we will. And Nate, <laughs> lots of him. Lots of him. So let's talk a little t- Trey McBride for next year. Because mm-hmm. I, I I think we all love Trey McBride right now, but you know, and it just shows what what the tight end position is that there are like eight guys that I think I really mm-hmm. want to have next year. He's definitely one of them. How high does he go for you next year? Um, pretty high, right? I think I probably top five based on the volume. Again, I'm going to be drafting volume. I'll see how, you know, Mark Andrews health is going to be part of this equation. I mean, Travis Kelsey is not out of the conversation. Uh, Sam Laporta is going to be in the conversation. Uh, so I think, you know, after that, maybe, you know, like, I think it's easy to overlook Evan Engram, you know, the volume that he gets. If I'm focusing on volume, uh, not a lot of guys Mm -hmm. get more volume. The touchdowns weren't there as much this year, but the volume was so, I think they're, but, but McBride's right up there in that portion of the conversation. We'll see what they do at wide receiver. They're going to have very high draft picks. Uh, so maybe they add something to the receiver room and they'll still have, you know, Hollywood Brown will still be on board and he has a good relationship with Kyler. But right now there are no wide receivers on that team, not named Greg Dorch, who are doing a single darn thing uh, to forward this offense. Right. I mean, right. literally no other wide receivers. And I had a lot of hope for Michael Wilson coming into the season. Maybe he can develop a little more. He looked like the different piece, right? The Yeah. Got hurt my, too much, unfortunately. Right. I use my Sesame Street theory of, of yep. looking at players. One of these things is not like the other. Sometimes those guys have an opportunity to excel. And he did, he did briefly, uh, but then the injuries hit him. And so, but just that receiving core has been done nothing. And we started seeing McBride though, come on before Zachers was hurt. Not in terms of the volume, but in terms of what he was doing with the minimal volume he had. His numbers, his per yards per catch, everything were off the charts high. And then Zach Ertz got hurt and the the volume went off. So I would expect that volume to continue next year to some degree. But we'll need to watch. And that'll probably be the the determining factor where he ends up is what they do at wide receiver. I agree. I agree. Marvin Harrison Jr. in that room. I could see that. Entirely possible. Like a glove there. Uh, so we'll see about that. Uh, got got confirmation. Tyler Huntley will start for the uh, yep. Ravens. So uh, the, the the dominoes are falling uh, yep. right now. So we'll see see a lot more of that. Ready to hit some Q and A here? Sure. All right. Let's rip these. Let's rip through these. Uh, start off uh, with. Um, let's see. I had it right here. Okay. George says um, his his league does extend to week eighteen. PPR has to pick three uh, between Brees Brees Hall Rashad White. Zamir White, Kyron Williams, Javante Williams, and Elijah Mitchell. I think we can go ahead. Yeah, pretty good starting point here, right? I mean, the the White brothers are 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 in my lineup. Again, watch out for Josh Jacobs. After that, I mean Brees Hall kind of come into play, maybe for me. I think that'd be my choice. Yeah, I think I go because we don't know how much Kyron's gonna play. Javante Williams, they've already said McLaughlin's gonna get more playing time this week. He started actually technically ahead of Javante last week and was the better back. And as you suggested earlier, it's probably gonna be Mason instead of Mitchell. So I think it almost solves itself. Yep, I think so. All right. Lyland says uh has to choose three choose running back PPR league, choose three running backs. Singletary, Zeke, Zamir White again. Like you said, it seems like it's every week. Ty Khalil Strong. I'm Ty Johnson. Is that? Who yeah, I'm, that'd be my guess here. Yeah. Um, it, it would probably Singletary would be the starting point for me. Zamir yeah. also. Well, Zamir Singletary, and then after that, I mean, Khalil had a pretty good game last yeah. week. I've, I've probably, yeah, I've, it, it has been, and I'm tempted to do this. Like the Bears have never won in Green Bay, right? Matt Eberflus yeah. wants a win. Justin Fields, like I know there's a lot of people like, what are they going to play for? They, they, 
there's jobs on the line, people. Yeah, yeah. That's what they have to play for, just like Antonio Pierce. So I'd be tempted to go. I, I'm not against Zeke, though, uh, you know, in this matchup against the Jets, who aren't all that vicious against the run. So that's my that's my decision point there. I might lean Zeke just because there's not a, a Roshan. I know there, there are other pieces there, but they're not getting a lot of bandwidth. I think, yeah, I, I think I might go Herbert here. Um, I think that's my lean. Very close. Yeah. Um, the, the Bears, by the way, are this year's Lions. Play, you know, peaking yeah. at the right time, error of good feelings. And a spoiler. Yes, spoiler in Green Bay again. It's easy. Again, we're looking for that little easy slot there, but in our minds, but uh, there I am. But I, I do like, I, no, but they don't want to face the Bears right now. Guarantee you that. Oh, this is totally. not a team you want to face. Totally playing great defense too. Yeah. All right. Uh, good stuff, folks. Uh, Bob, awesome stuff again. Uh, thank you so much for spending some of your time with me. I know you're a very, very busy man. Um, and hey, congrats on making through another season here. Looking forward to the postseason. Yeah, man. Looking forward to more and more radio, having a great time. Uh, looking forward to my future and, uh, you know, appreciate everyone chipping in. And again, if you, you don't have to donate anything, if you just want to write an email note, say, hey, man, thanks uh, for, you know, setting the foundation for a lot of what's going on here. He would love to hear from you on the email. And that's also in the chat there as well. So, and on my uh, Twitter and X feed too. So uh, hit him up, man. He'd love to hear from you. Indeed. And thanks for giving me an opportunity to talk about it, man. Of course. Anytime, anytime. We'll talk soon. Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening to Rotowire. We got, uh, we got uh, Mario and John with us tomorrow. Thanks for always listening to Rotowire. Take care.